Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcast nothing at all. And this is the show where we review every Simpsons ever. I am your host, Chris O'Mealy, and I am joined by Dan Peck. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So, we are at what I consider to be the pinnacle of the first season. This is all time. This is, like, I've said, like, um, I've said that there's been classics. This is, like, top ten, top five episode. Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, this is the 12th episode of season one. It's the penultimate episode of the first season. And wasn't scheduled to go on last because that would have been the one we reviewed last time, which was Bart going to France. And Some Enchanted Evening was actually supposed to go on first, so the order's all freaking out of whack here. But yeah, it, this is the uh, this is a Pinnacle Season 1 episode. It's easily the best Season 1 episode. It's my favorite Season 1 episode next to the Christmas special, which I almost don't count because it does feel like a Christmas special. Oh, it's totally a Christmas special. There's nothing not Christmas about it. Exactly. But it's one of those things where, like, you watch this and you're just like, yeah, Krusty Gets Busted is is among the best. And if you're if you're going to go back and watch anything from season one, if, even though season one really hasn't aged as well as it could have, this is the one that you got to Well, that's the issue out. with the animated shows, right? A lot of season ones are rough <laughs> in many ways. I mean, yeah. Like, some shows get it right. Like, I think Rick and Morty had a great first season. And some of my favorite episodes of Rick and Morty are in the first season, like Interdimensional Cable and Me Seeks and Destroy. And uh, Rick Potion number nine. Just to name, there's three of them right there. But yeah, a lot of shows still find themselves in the first season. And, and even some of my favorite shows of all time, Game of Thrones, The Sopranos... Big Bang Theory, Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec, Parks the, and Rec were the Office. Are, are we? Are we the Office? Are we a regular sitcom? And eventually, they found their place by the end of season two as a somewhat hybrid because they brought in Ben Wyatt and Chris Traeger and got rid of Mark Brandanowitz, and that was like the turning point. And the thing is, like, I didn't dislike Brandanowitz. Uh yeah, but then you go back and you rewatch the sh- the show, and you're like, this character's boring as hell and offers nothing but like as soon as those two guys as soon as the two come in you're just like oh my god this adam scott yeah adam scott and rob lower what picked that up this show's on fire right now so yeah we'll talk about crusty gets busted and of course this is ckcc radio you can check out all kinds of great content among some of the content you can check out included club kayfabe wrestle talk where dan and i sit down Sometimes with Glenn, sometimes without, depending on his work schedule. And we discuss weekly wrestling stuff and brand new segments we started doing so you can get past wrestling content as well as some non-wrestling content. So there's a little bit of nerd culture involved in that, too. Uh, Our friend of the show, Jeff Trelowitz, patron and friend of the show, he's got two podcasts on the network, Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks. His real-time paranormal stories and... Rankings of CDs, worst to best song. A lot of cool stuff you can check out there. Friend of the show, Jason Shin, 
with Jay Bunny's Music Hub. He's got new episodes and the backlog going up on our channel, so soon you'll be able to get all of his content in one location. The United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian. That's your weekly dose of nerd culture right there for the ultimate nerd out experience. Check them out. Jay Winger and company with the Bored to Death binge cast. And Jay, if you want to start having me promote the more regular hosts, let me know who they are because I know you're going to listen to this. But the Bored to Death binge cast takes TV shows just like what we're doing here, except they review an entire season of a show in one episode. Oh, not... Or multiple parts. Yeah. Depending on... They usually don't do more than, like, five episodes. Right. Uh, The Race Nerd Podcast for All Things Racing has joined the network. Friend of the show, Matt Hardman, has brought his podcast over. If you are into anything in the racing world, this is the show to check out. And, of course, the first Monday of every month is Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton, patron and friend of the show, published author, just like Jeff Trelowitz. And that'll get you ready for your month. Very easy episodes to listen to. They're never really longer than 20 minutes. <clears throat> so, you, no excuses to not check out the other content. But you're here because you're a Simpsons fan. So we're going to talk about Krusty Gets Busted. And of course, as we start off with every episode, Bart's writing on the chalkboard. They are laughing at me, not with me. And when they get on the couch, Maggie pops out, but Marge gets a successful catch. She passed her dexterity saving throw. (laughs) There you go. Oh, speaking of, uh, check out our Twitch channel, CKCC Online on Twitch. Especially if you want to see Dan play a bunch of stuff. I'll be getting on there soon, too, to, to get some crap going. Because I got some backlog stuff I want to catch up on, and I'm going to do it on there. So, of course, Krusty gets busted. We've met Krusty the Clown before. Yep. He's been on the Tracy Ullman show. He's appeared in a couple of episodes before this. Famously about the head. Asking to turn them in. I don't care if it's your own mother brother but turn him in and you'll get what was like some cheapo stupid gift or whatever it was it's like a coupon or something yeah oh, yeah so the crusty the clown show is bart lisa and maggie's favorite show they're watching it he uh he drives in in his little motor car and he says how much do you love me with all our hearts what would you do if i went off the air <laughs> we'd kill <laughs> ourselves <laughs> I was just like, oh, God damn, that kid's show got dark really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, of course, it's a little girl's birthday in the audience. Krusty invites her up on stage, and he's like, and it's their Sideshow Bob who only speaks through a slide whistle. That's part of the Sideshow gimmick is they can't talk. So what do you want? Do you want me to sing you a birthday song? or do you want- <laughs> To shoot Sideshow Bob out the cannon. <laughs> and of course, they're all chanting for the cannon. And he's and like, oh. Okay. Well, you know, we, haven't, we haven't successfully shot him out yet, but I think I think we know what the thing is. We need more gunpowder. <laughs> well, Which he throws in after he's put Bob in the cannon already. <laughs> Which makes no sense, of course. <laughs> 
my favorite is uh he's just like oh while we get you set up here's an itchy and scratchy episode with a burning love where scratchy's sleeping on the hammock and itchy shoots him with a flaming arrow and marge walks in while they're laughing and she's like how can you kids watch this senseless violence and they're like oh come on mom if cartoons were meant for adults they'd put them on in prime time (laughs) on sunday maybe (laughs) around 8 p.m perhaps (laughs) so here comes homer as they're well first we got to talk about the the uh the cannon fire they shoot Sideshow Bob out of the cannon, except he doesn't go anywhere. He just kind of flops out. His hair's all singed off. But don't blame me, kids. I didn't do it. So Homer, Marge is like, uh, Homer, can you go buy some ice cream? And Homer's like, ooh, sounds good. Wait a minute. What's, what's, what's going on here? My sisters are coming over to show slides of their Mexican vacation. Doh. So Homer goes on his Quickie Mart errand, and while he's uh, excitedly shopping for ice cream, ooh, triple chocolate, nobody notices that Krusty is in the store wearing a a mask. Still not my favorite Simpsons uh, ice cream thing. Oh, yeah, but I I think I know which one. That one's the best. Yes. Mm, Chocolate. Oh! (laughs) Yes, I, I know which one you're talking about. We're at, that's we're gotta at, be soon, right? Because that's like that, that's an early season, so that's like two or three at the moment. Mar- right? Marge, we're out of vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry ice cream. Because <laughs> they just all have the chocolate scooped out. Yeah, so the vanilla <laughs> and the strawberry are still there. Oh, I love that. You gotta enjoy all of the Neapolitan, my friends. So, I I love the fact that Krusty's in the convenience store. Nobody's recognizing him and reacting to him. Or noticing that he's got a mask on, even though he's doing, like, all this casual stuff. Like, he's eating a burrito, he's reading a magazine, and he even patiently waits in line. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always get a kick out of that. That's like, obviously, Mr. I know that's... Homer, why do you look so down in the dumps? Hell, my sisters are coming over, or as I call them, the gruesome twosome. <laughs> which, of course, is a keep thing later. Which is funny, because those don't have fucking audio. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> But of course, as Homer sees that Krusty's brandishing a gun, he dives into a bag of potato chips. He's like, hand over all your money in a paper bag. Yes, yes, I know the procedure for armed robbery. I do work in a convenience store. Also, this this is the first time Apu actually recognizes Homer. So Homer's like becoming a more regular customer at this point. Because the first time Apu meets Homer, he's just like, you look familiar, sir. Are you on the TV? I'm not going to do a too too bad of an Apu oppression because we know that's offensive these days. But Or at least that's what social media wants you to think. Yeah, and Homer steps on Krusty's foot, causing him to scream in pain. And then, yeah, he... Uh, you may return, sir. Your opportunity to be a hero has passed. Oh, yeah, that's, that's funny <laughs> as hell. So there's Patty and Selma showing off their vacation slides, and I love... I love the vacation slides because it's like, this is a taco platter, <laughs> which is like, oh, uh, yeah, that's a real Mexican delicacy. And then, uh, or she's like in the sauna and just the hairy legs are sticking up. So Homer's given his, his uh, story to the police. And if you notice, Lou the cop is white again in this episode in the in the courtroom when he fends Bart off and also when he's. He's not taking the notes, but he's he's with Eddie talking to Apu. 
And they're just like, Homer's like, yeah, draw the picture. He's like, oh, wait, that's my kid's hero, Crunchy the Clown. So now Krusty's in big trouble. So they Homer gets home just in time for uh, the slideshow to be over, which, of course, he... My favorite is the last slide. This is Selma dropping off the film to be developed as they're taking a picture of it, <laughs> which I always got a kick out of that. One of those jokes you can only get... You can only do in a cartoon. So Homer runs in. He's like, Marge, you're never going to believe what happened. Doesn't he, doesn't he try to like exaggerate the story like right away? I'm trying to remember if I can't remember what he actually said. This is a very fast. He's about, he's about to tell the whole story. And then he's like, Oh wait, no, the news is on. (laughs) It turns on the news. And then it's like, here's our Emmy award winning anchor, Kent Brockman. Good evening, I'm Scott Christian. Kent Brockman is off tonight. Which, I always never understood, like, why they did that in as a joke. Like, I know that's a common thing to do, but why would you even mention Brockman if he's not there in the first place just as a gag? Why did the clown cross the road? To rob the Quickie Mart. The answer to that joke after these messages. And Homer's like, oh shit. Uh, Bart? Isn't uh, Krusty kind of your hero? Oh yeah, man. I based my whole life after Krusty's teachings. Oh, well, then maybe you shouldn't hear this. And then here comes the news. Krusty the Clown is behind bars. Oh, and they send like a SWAT after him in his freaking house. That's oh, like... yeah. <laughs> I like he's using the uh, the clown's the seltzer bottle to spice up his drink, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the whole SWAT team breaks in. And Wiggum's just like, you're under arrest. Anything you can say and do. Blah, 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 blah. So... The news is showing that Krusty's behind bars, and they start showing the clip, and of course it's right when Homer is like, as I call my sisters, the gruesome twosome, and <laughs> you just see them just get so mad at him as he's trying to do like his little coy smile. And then, as you're watching the clip, just like, how could Krusty have done such a thing? And Bart's, you know, Marge is trying to comfort him, but Homer is like, Marge, I was, I was there. there. G-I-L-L-T-Y. <laughs> well, we all we, we already know Homer is not the best uh, speller. Well, yeah, because he's SMRT, right? As yes, well. he's SMRT, exactly. Also, I like that when they show the cover of Guns magazine, a poo's on it. <laughs> he's got a kick out of that. So, did you notice that all three... This is, I think, in the trivia of the episode if i'm not mistaken but the uh all three of the uh the acts open up with a different trying to see yep here it is it's crusty's face on set crusty behind bars and then sideshow bob is how all three acts open up with a different face it was one of the running gags throughout the episode which i really thought was uh pretty clever because it wasn't often that season one episodes had that kind of clever continuity in them Again, the show's still finding itself, but I really enjoyed the uh, the trivia about that. So yeah, um, Kent Brockman's actually on the report now, and they're like, yep. So here's some history about Krusty the Clown, and they do like his near-fatal heart attack, which was a parody of a real event. I'll cover that more in the trivia. They but show he's it. selling sausages and stuff, and he's Jewish. Also, the... Uh, 
What was the other thing that was really fun? Oh, oh, yeah, all these different pork products. He started in Tupelo, Mississippi as a street mime. Yeah. And then uh, after the heart attack, it's like, <laughs> it's like Krusty lost kind, some of his vigor for life. And it just shows Sideshow Bob just casually putting a pie in his face. And they just punches him out. <laughs> uh, that's another great gag, too. So, yeah. the uh, And all the merchandise. How he had the monopoly of merchandise. Mm-hmm. Which I always got a kick out of that too, because that was one of the a gag on a later show was like how, uh, oh yeah, Crusty, uh, uh, you know, Crusty's got monopoly. He's merchandised everything. They're like, well, how about some more stuff? But you've merchandised literally everything. There's nothing more you can do. Crusty the clown, the flamethrower. <laughs> so now it, they get that picture of Crusty, and you know his makeup all happy, and then it transitions to him and no there's no face paint and he's in he's in tiny shoes and he looks so sad although they've hinted in the past that Krusty's face paint is his permanent skin but they do that in the future actually but yeah they here they actually kind of humanize him for the trial with that Krusty say it ain't so I didn't didn't do do it it. everybody just laughs also, uh, I also liked when Homer did the, uh, they do the, the finger line, the finger point, the lineup, and he just can't stop laughing at the clowns until Wiggum gets pissed at him. Number four. So, of course, right away that we've got, we've got Judge Snyder, who is also white and hasn't been named yet. And generic lawyers, because we haven't established anybody. And Krusty's name is A113, because Brad Bird was part of this episode. So we all know A113 is in every Pixar movie. So yeah, it's just like... The classroom that they did, like, their first year of whatever. Yep. So how do you plead? Guilty, Your Honor. Everybody gasps. Oh, <laughs> I mean not guilty. <clears throat> so, of course, they're like... Uh, Mr. Simpson is can read back this footage and they show him taking the dive into the into the snack products. Was that you taking that cowardly dive into those salty snacks? Yes, sir. Do you recognize the witness? Can you point him out today? And of course he does like the super slow burn. They're like, let it be shown that the defendant very eventually <laughs> pointed out pointed to the clown. So that night they have the public toy burning that Reverend Lovejoy is hosting. You know, these oh, are... please stand back because this is made for children, so it's incredibly flammable. <laughs> yeah, and don't breathe the toxic fumes. <laughs> and I just immediately <laughs> <laughs> It's a huge bonfire right away. <laughs> so and of course Bart's just, you know, he's sad he watches that happen. He's got his crusty doll who keeps saying don't blame me. I didn't do it. He's like, I wish I could believe you, Krusty. So we're on day two of the trial. And they're just like, Krusty, point to exhibit B. And they're just like, I, I can't read. I'm illiterate. And they're like, well, that's a, that's a, that's interesting. Because he was the champion of children's literacy. Give a hoot. Read a book. Hmm. <laughs> they're just like, is it a crime to be illiterate? Well, no, of course not. But these are betting slips, and you do a bunch of illegal gambling. Is it a crime to do that? Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> is it a crime to do illegal gambling? Yes. So, yeah. So, the jury finds him guilty. 
And that's it. All the stuff has to be taken down. And it's, uh, it's unfortunately all over for the legacy of Krusty, which Bart isn't into. But So Sideshow Bob starts to take over the show now. And of course, it turns out, just like what they eventually do with uh, Sideshow Mel, is that he's, uh, he's very, very intelligent, eloquent. He Classically was, trained. Yeah, you know, itchy and scratchy will still have a home, but we're going to learn about nutrition. You know, he's got... He's going to teach the kids life lessons. You know, he's reading them dramatic books and everything. And poetry and stuff. <clears throat> so he was probably more like, kind of like a Mr. Rogers in a way, like with the educational part of the show while still, because, you know, Mr. Rogers had the land of make-believe, but he still taught kids stuff and he spoke to them intelligently. I think that's, uh, I think that's actually pretty cool. Now, of course. Yeah, he was going in a, in a boring direction. But Bart still doesn't believe, and he gets Lisa because you were smarter than me. And oh, this yeah. starts out a legacy of Bart and Lisa solving crimes. They do one about every year and a half. <laughs> that's true. They do. But I, that's <laughs> that was um, what was it? It was when uh oh when they were trying they they were they were about to give up on uh. What was it? it? Was uh saving Oh, it was saving the Itchy and Scratchy Studios. And Marge actually points out all the stuff that they've done, including at that point they had foiled Sideshow Bob on like either three or five times. And they're like, and he's an evil genius, and then they don't solve that crime. They don't solve that case. Yeah. So I always and you even solved and you even like mostly solved who shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was more Lisa. Bart wasn't really involved with that one. I can't wait to watch that now because now I'll get all the freaking references now. We should do that as a watch along too with people and oh yeah, obviously point out all the stuff. When we get to some of the really good episodes, we'll we'll do now we'll, that I now that I have seen in Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what we need to do is uh, like we'll still do the podcast format like we're doing now. But we'll also do a bonus watch along where we live actually will react. live reactions where we laugh like idiots. Well, I'll even I'll even put my webcam on, let you guys see me laugh like an idiot. Although I have to readjust my desk a little bit because the webcam is like up in my face right now because the monitor because the desk is so small. But once I have a bigger desk and I can reposition the webcam, which I'll probably what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the webcam behind the computer so you're kind of looking at me looking at the monitor. So it's a little further off, so I'm not completely in your face. And then I can, like, turn and speak to the audience and still react to stuff. I would have to completely destroy and rebuild my setup to get the camera to face me. So, uh, Just do what I do. Just just move it or put it, like... I can't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a laptop, and it's, like, all the way over here right now. Oh, gotcha. I would have to tear everything apart. Gotcha. Well, we'll figure out a way to we'll figure out a way to do it. Or maybe I can just like have my phone plugged into the computer. Maybe that'll work. I can mount that somewhere. Probably plugged in. Let's see. I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't work. So yeah, uh, Bart convinces Lisa that Krusty's innocent. He's just got this feeling, and of course, Lisa's Lisa's really like off the Krusty train at this point. But 
partially because of the compliment and just partially because of the fact that, like, back in these episodes, Bart and Lisa were pretty damn close. Like, the Tracy Ullman show, they were, like, best friends. Because they didn't have any friends established. It was always just the brother and sister hanging out. So, it's cool that she gets in It gets in on this. And I like all the, uh, all the stuff that they actually do. If she didn't care, and then, like, Five minutes later, she has, like, three bits of evidence that says it couldn't be crusty. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, like, she's like, look at this. Krusty can't use a microwave because of the pacemaker. And, of course, how can he read if he's reading the Springfield Review of Books? Like, it's just like, you know, maybe I'm starting to think that maybe uh, some of this stuff was happening. So, also, I like how as soon as they walk in, even though it's two kids, Apu is, like, on alert because he got robbed recently. So he's like, I am armed to the teeth. Don't try anything funny. I will shoot you. Hey, this is not the library. Put that down or I'll blow your brains out. Like, two children. I don't think Apu was supposed to be a liked character just yet, but... So it's just like, well, do you know if, uh, Krusty had any enemies? Just like, well, he's got a best friend. We can go ask him. So they go to see Sideshow Bob. And he's like, listen, uh, you know, he finishes up his show and we get that first big hint, right? Because he's in the dressing room. And his crying transforms into this the trademark sinister laughter that we all know. And that was... Uh, that's a, a big, big Sideshow Bob character trait down the line. Probably his best character trait, other than his, <laughs> other than his like super intelligence too. So they go to meet with him, and he's just like, "Well, I have a show that's about to start, but here's free tickets. Go enjoy." Of course, Lisa's like enthusiastically takes them. So. As Bob starts the show, he notices that Bart's in the crowd, and of course he's visibly troubled. So he's like, let's do a new psychological segment called Choices. And if only Bob had not brought Bart on stage, maybe maybe this would still be going on today. But, you know, Bob was trying to reach out to him. He was trying to be a nice guy. And other than being slightly insane, I think they have established that, like, Bob can be genuine in a lot of times, which is what makes him such a such a threat. That's why one why he's one of my favorite characters because he is a very very complex character for a show like this. To make him this complex is, and especially this early on, I think is a big trying thing. Like that's a that's really cool that they pull that off. So. Yeah, so initially he's brushing off the clues. He's just like, well, Krusty can't use the microwave because of his pacemaker. And he's like, well, yeah, but Krusty never took doctor's orders seriously. You know that. Okay, but what about this? Oh, but you don't have to be able to read to enjoy it. I mean, look. <laughs> you just look. He's just like, oh, haha. <laughs> he's like, I understand you get sore, guys. But remember, we uh, he used to be a psychic. We used to laugh and play and shoot you out of a cannon. Yes, and shoot me out of a cannon. <laughs> but then Bob drops the final line. He says, I admit I've got some big shoes to fill. And it's, big shoes. 
big shoes to And go. you see Bart, and actually, Lisa wasn't the one that solved the crime. Bart did. Because he's the one that connected the pieces. He noticed that Krusty has small feet when he's walking into the courthouse. Bob's got huge feet. And when Homer stepped on his foot, he screamed in pain. And he's like, wait a minute. It was you. Because Krusty's got small feet like all big, decent folks. But not this guy. And he hits him with a mallet. And then he, I love that he throws the mic on him when he's cursing in, in pain. And then the best part is, as Bart's connecting the dots on live television, he cuts to Lou and Eddie, and they're like, hey, the kid's right. Gee, I wonder how we missed that. And then there's Wiggum with a donut, like, well, get off your tails, boys, and go arrest him. <laughs> and of course, as they're arresting him with all the news crews there, Bob admits the whole thing, and he framed him because he was tired of being in the spotlight and all these antics, and... He would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for these meddling kids. Yeah, basically, that's... Well, that was, that was, I think that was the purpose was to, there was, by doing the Scooby-Doo line, that was the homage, right? Like, that was the tribute. Also, did you also notice that even though Bob's show was, like, super sophisticated, it was still the exact same Krusty set? Like, other than the library, he didn't do anything different? So, maybe, maybe he just didn't want to redecorate, yeah. But yeah, they, they do the line and everything. His intelligence was washed. So I want to create an educational program. This was the only way to do it, apparently, was to send Krusty to jail. He goes, and then he goes, criminals, take heed. Treat children as equals. They were smart enough to catch me. They'll do it to you. (laughs) And, of course, Bart and Homer get to be part of the press conference where they publicly apologize to Krusty for arresting him. And he said, you know what? One little boy never lost faith in me. And as he thanks Bart for the photo opportunity, of course, he mugs for the camera because that's crusty. And then finally, Bart puts the photo up in his insanely crusty the clown themed room. <laughs> Which it was like over the top before. And now it's even more over the top because now he's getting free merch, right? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so of course, like the whole, it's the bed sheets, the bed frame, the lamp and the dresser. All the posters. They all have like a plushie on them. He's got yeah. He's he's got like a plushie with him. There's like a big crusty doll at the bed. He's got like a book with crusty on it. The whole thing is just oh. He's got the phone too. It's like crusty holding the like the Mickey Mouse phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The room is just ridiculous. But yeah, that was uh, and then Bart happily goes to sleep knowing that his idol has been cleared. Great episode. Best episode of season one, by far. And still a great episode to go back and watch. If you're going to watch anything from the first season, this is the one to watch. Absolutely the one to watch. So I got some fun trivia. You ready, Dan? Mm. (laughs) No? Oh, well, you're getting it anyway. So I mentioned before that the live heart attack thing was based on a real event. Uh, It was a British comedian and magician named Tommy Cooper. On April 15th, 1984... He suffered a heart attack and collapsed on stage in front of millions of television viewers. Midway through his act on London's weekly television variety show, Live from Her Majesty's. The audience laughed due to thinking it was all staged, but nope, he did not make it. Well, it's very similar to how uh, Red Fox died. Yes. 
he died the same way he he heart attack and he did it the exact same way he did on the shows and everyone was like and he would randomly do it after uh, at appearances and stuff and everyone was just like oh he's doing the sanford and son bit again and then he's he... calling out for his wife saying he's gonna see her soon and clutching his chest and oh, no it was real and he died uh of course we we've known uh We've known what Itchy and Scratchy is, because they've been on Tracy Ullman. We've seen them once before on season one. But we get a proper trivia for this episode, because this is their biggest introduction so far. Basically, they said, we're going to do an extremely violent Tom and Jerry, and the names were inspired by Pixie and Dixie from the Huckleberry Hound show. You remember Pixie and Dixie, right? The, they, they were the best friend mice, and they overcame Mr. Jinx the cat. So they instead of Pixie and Dixie, we got Itchy and Scratchy. So yeah, you mix a little Huckleberry Hound with Tom and Jerry and just to turn the violence level up to 11 and you get Itchy and Scratchy. Of course, we've mentioned that Krusty and Sideshow Bob have appeared before, but this was their proper introductions, as well as Kemp Brockman, Scott Christian, and Judge Snyder. Although Scott Christian is a super minor character and Judge Snyder... Uh, I mean, other than turning black and keeping that his official hue, doesn't really ever get, like, an expanded character. Uh, we mentioned the Scooby-Doo line, and of course, the original Sideshow Bob voice was considered to be James Earl Jones, but they decided to do Kelsey Grammer instead. I think they went with the right decision here. I think Kelsey Grammer pulls that off much better. I think he just kept doing it, even though he was doing. He started doing Frasier. He, oh well, he's even said before he loves being Sideshow Bob. Like he loves that character. Uh, we've done the A the A one one three trivia. Um, Rusty Nails, a children's Christian radio and television clown, was the inspiration for the design for Krusty the Clown. So if you actually look up what Rusty Nails looks like, you can easily see the resemblance there too. In fact, uh, I'm gonna pull up the uh, pull up the uh, the picture here, and you gotta actually look for clown because if you just do rusty nails, guess what you're getting? You're getting actual rusty nails. But yeah, I mean, it was redheaded clown, but he's got a uh, he doesn't have like the spiked hair, but he's got the wild hair. He's got the red nose, the red lipstick, and everything, the over exaggerated eyebrows. You can see the resemblance. They just obviously changed the color scheme for Krusty and gave him the blue hair. Uh, Sideshow Bob, of course, was designed to only speak through his side whistle, which is why he gets to talk for the first time. And they had to cut a lot of stuff. It was 78 pages long. (laughs) In fact, the big scene that had to get cut was Patty and Selma's vacation slides, including a slide where they got detained for bringing heroin into America. (laughs) Do you imagine that as a side piece for Patty and Selma? Were they Patsies or were they part of the plan? Exactly. Uh, Krusty Shoes do the squeaking sounds in this episode, an an idea that was dropped very quickly after. Matt Groening's ninth favorite episode, as he says he has a peculiar love for TV clownery. And, uh... Brad Bird was filming his show when he animated the crusty heart attack scene. So there you go. A lot of 
a lot of trivia about this episode. And this is the first time we actually see Krusty without his makeup. And why does he look like Homer? Because that was the original plot point that they dropped before the show got picked up for a full series. That Homer and Krusty were going to be one and the same. And thank God they didn't follow through on that because that would have been terrible. It would have also made no sense. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten all this classic stuff. With the... Exactly. They probably wouldn't have done this story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we will wrap up Season 1. We'll do Some Enchanted Evening, the uh, poorest animated episode of the entire show. It's probably my least favorite episode of the first season on top of that. And it was supposed to be the original pilot, but we didn't get that, of course. They went with the Christmas episode because this one had all kinds of technical issues, which is why there's a lot of lip-syncing problems and color issues on it. But... In retrospect, while it's my least favorite of the first season, I don't dislike it as, like, any other episode like I used to. But we'll get to that one next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. And, of course, as uh, as mentioned before, with the fact that the show's going to start picking up with Season 2, Dan and I are going to start forming plans to get possibly two to three episodes out a week. Uh, what... Our plan would be would be to record them over the weekend when we have the time, and then we'll try to set up a, a launch schedule during the week so you guys can get them. I was thinking like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, but then I was like, no, because Wednesday is United We Fan, Friday is Wrestle Talk, and BingeCast releases a lot of stuff during the week. So I was like, you know what, maybe we'll do like uh, we'll we'll figure out which days have the least amount of stuff going out on them. So it might not be like thinking like if we do two, we just release one on the weekend like we usually do and then one rant only during the week. Uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. That would probably be the best way to do it. So but we want to thank you guys for your support of Stupid Sexy Podcast. I've noticed that our episode numbers seem to be directly ranked to the quality of the episode that we review. And if you're into the idea of seeing some watch-alongs with us, let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll do that for you. So, okie dokie. I guess we'll uh, see you guys next week on another Stupid Sexy Podcast where Dan and I review every Simpsons ever. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. <laughs>